Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Listen, I, okay. <sighs> Sorry to scream in your ear. Have you ever had it where things were happening around you and you felt like once you were able to get your emotional stability there, were you able to kind of sense like, Something is happening that is either A, going to be great for me later, or B, I'm being used, you know, through the spirit to go ahead and set some stuff off that I'm not even privy to. I literally, I can't even, I'm so excited. I, I have, I couldn't run to this phone fast enough. I have to tell you the day that I had. So, I don't know if I told you. You're ready to clap. You ready? No, like, no, I need you to be ready to clap. Uh, she got promoted. Yes! Come on. You want me to help you clap? Okay. Yes! Yes! You shouldn't have, but you should have. Uh, and, you know, God is doing what God is doing, and things are amazing. I'm excited. I was a little frustrated at first because... I'm learning that your girl's a little bit more structured. I took a personality test, and I'm learning a lot about myself, especially in the work environment, and I'll talk to you about that at a later time. But more importantly, your girl's on a roll. I'm talking about butter me up. <laughs> I'm talking about jelly concord, some great bitch, if you will, strawberry jam, if you like that. <laughs> you understand? So being in that position that I was formerly in, I made a couple of changes. I don't know if I told you, but if I did, go ahead and stop me. I was initially in the front desk lobby area. And so I have just just this wiring that God allows me to see kind of what needs to be changed, what can be added so it can be more excellent. And I was like, okay, so we need some music here because it's very cold and, you know, just like some jazz, something to kind of make it eloquent and, you know, executive type. Because, again, the establishment that we're at, we need to be establishing that we work in excellence. It says it on my badge, so I want to make sure that we're distributing that and displaying that to the community at large. So, boom, that happens. So when I got promoted, it obviously changed the location in which I sit. Okay, fine. I then go to the back of the area, no longer in the front, and I realize it is literally cut and paceville. It is extremely cold, extremely. I'm talking about you can hear mouse laughter. Okay, uh, there is absolutely outside of crunching of the calculator and the, t the keyboard, there is no sound outside of work that is occurring. Minuscule, there'll be laughter here and there. But other than that, I'm talking about let the tumbleweed roll. You understand? Like, it's like, okay. Is there is there a pulse in the house? Like, that's what it feels like. And so I was like, okay, well, I went ahead and recommended prior to getting promoted, if we can just cut and paste and put the music back there as well. The higher superiors, they were like, mm, bam, wrong answer. They family feud your girl. And that's fine. So that didn't happen. So when I finally fast forward later, went ahead and got promoted, I said, okay, so I have a I have a calling to go ahead and change the atmospheres. It is what it is. So here's what we're going to do. Um, God trusts me with this particular square footage cubicle, okay? And I'm going to be great. What I noticed 
about my calling is if not careful, you would try to eat the entire elephant at one time. And that is not wisdom. It's not like Jesus came down and was like, yeah, I'm about to save the whole entire world in like 15 minutes. And it's overexcited and overzealous as I possibly could be. It still was a understand that when something has been one way for so long, people are not privy or adaptable to the point that it's like, okay, we want to accept what you're bringing. So I started small. I said, hey, I went to my neighboring cubicle people. And I said, I'm going to play some music from my computer just because it helps me work a little better. If it's too much for you, just let me know. You can say something. Yeah, sure, no problem, sure, no problem, sure, no problem. Three weeks later, SpongeBob flow. Uh, I happen to have a conversation with someone who is not in a cubicle, okay, uh, on a unrelated basis and was told, and I quote, hey, listen, Someone came up to me and told me that your music is driving them crazy. And so I just wanted to go ahead and tell you that because, um, yeah, I mean, they should have just told you directly, but they came to me. So I'm letting you know, okay? <laughs> now, to give you an idea, I'm not playing Uncle Luke. You understand? Like, I'm not out here not repping the Lord. You understand? Like... What it could be is not. You know, I'm not hitting you with the modern day. I'm not doing any of that. I'm hitting you with that smooth jazz. <laughs> like, you understand? It's to the point that when one of my particular coworkers comes near my cubicle or in my cubicle, she's literally like, oh, I just feel like I want to order something, like I'm in an expensive restaurant or, you know, whatever it is. And that's our little jokey joke. She comes and she's like, listen, can I have some stuffed mushrooms? And we laugh and we move on. So when I was told that my music is driving someone crazy. The first thing that I did um, outside of having an elevated heart rate uh, was went to my superior. And I was like, so I'm going to let you know what I just heard. <laughs> and so when I gave her that information, she was like, what? Like, that is so immature. Why wouldn't they just... And you're approachable, so I don't get it. So we're going through all the things that run through our minds because we think a lot alike. And so I was like, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. I'm going to send an email, okay, because I have to. Uh, it's it's going to be petty, but it's going to it's going to be professionally petty. And uh, because someone has to know that that behavior is not okay. You just have to, right? I mean, at this point, I'm here to teach lessons. <laughs> call me Miss, Call me Mr. Mrs. at this point. You understand? Uh, and so at that point, I was like, okay, so this is what I'm doing, and I will CC you so that you can know what I'm saying. My deodorant shouts out to the manufacturer, but like I could feel my shirt getting soiled. <laughs> like it was literally like, whoo, buddy, heart beating. I'm, I'm, I had to literally use my stand up desk, you know, the thing that you could push up. Yeah, I have it on my desk. So I used the stand up situation because I cannot sit down with that. And I was just literally like, you know how you type and you got a backspace? Like, no, <clears throat> okay. Uh, ooh, yeah, okay, great. And so I tried to, real quick proofread it and it was just like send this now okay great and so I sent it to every person who ever breathed on the cubicle everyone that has a cubicle um y'all all getting this email and it went a little something like you know your girl represented again your girl represented but what was inside didn't come on the outside of the email so that we're clear okay uh I literally just said hey all okay <clears throat> great uh an outside cubicle employee informed me that someone stated that my music 
is driving them, quote, crazy. Uh, this atmosphere is a little cold, and that was in my attempt to make it friendlier, I played music. But prior to playing this music, I went to my neighbor cubicle employees and I said at any time if this music is too loud just let me know in the future <laughs> uh, no, next sentence was uh, currently I have turned the music down if this volume is still disruptive to you feel free to let me know I am new to the back office real estate but I'm approachable uh, I said something else that was very awesome after that. Can't remember. And then I ended it with have an amazing day. Oh, I said that I'm, I, I know that I'm sending this to employees that are probably not even aware that music is playing in my cubicle, but I want to keep us all on one accord. Enjoy the rest of your day or have an amazing day is what I said. You might as well clap for me again. <laughs> might as well. I'll wait. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I felt like I deserved that. Okay, great. Um, went into my superior's office, let her read it. She said, you're doing a good job. It, that was excellent. Let her feel my heartbeat. Was like, be right back. I'm going to run this lap in the parking lot because that's how I cool down. She was like, go run your lap because, no, seriously, I need to cool down. And I just was blown away. I had to go ahead and put music in my ear that I wanted to listen to. You understand? Because now I'm like, I got to get myself out of this potential funk. And the first thing that popped in my head was, like, what is going on? Because I had a rough day yesterday and a rough day before that, unrelated to work. And I was just like, okay, so something dope must be happening. Like, because at this point, what's all the external frustrations about? Like, what's what's peaking? What's on its way to me? What blessing is soon come, you know, that this is happening? And I had this brief conversation, and then it just dawned on me. I said, um... Uh, my son had called me, and I said, let me call you right back. I'm working on a slide, because he called me when I was writing the email. Called him back on my way home. And the conversation that I started to have with him, I was like, mm-mm, I'm finna have it with you. You understand? Because only we can appreciate. I realized that sometimes the light in you really and truly makes darkness curl up. You literally... When you have Christ living in the inside of you, when you have the Holy Spirit tutoring you, when you are on one accord spiritually with your heavenly father, you don't even know that you are gleaming from the inside out. And that makes people uncomfortable. You remember Moses? Mm -hmm. Buddy from Genesis and all the Exodus and all that. Um, when he went to go spend time with God on the mountain, and he was there so long with God, he came back down just to have regular conversation with the Israelites. And the Bible says that they were afraid because his face was glowing and it almost kind of looked distorted to them. So in order for them to be comfortable just having a casual conversation with a man that was so in tune with God, he had to cover his face. Mm, Holy Spirit, use me, because I didn't even know you was going to go that route, but Lego, let me buckle up real quick. Did you catch that? This man was being led by God, getting instruction with God, from God, and was getting 
everything that he needed, his refill, his next steps, and was spending time aligning himself with God, that by the time he got next to regular people, they couldn't take it. His glow up literally scared them. It scared them to the point that he had to dumb it down by wearing a veil. And I don't think that we truly understand that when we live different, when we're moving different, when we're not making the same choices as the average person, when our pursuit for excellence looks a little bit differently than the average Joe, then people start to look at you like, I don't like her. Something about him, he just, he irritates me. I don't know why. He think he better. She thinks she... And all along, what it really is, is you are, you are literally afraid of my glow up. Listen, I can't do nothing for you. That's between you and the Lord, mama. <laughs> you understand, sir? Okay, great. Um, I can't do nothing for you. I'm living my life in such a way that's making you uncomfortable, and there's no malice behind that. Bro, take that up with God and, and amen on that one, okay? You understand? <laughs> oh, listen. Okay, because I'm, I'm starting to get too excited. But listen. So that just came from the Holy Spirit, because that's not even what I was going to call you for. But let the Lord go ahead and use me, because I'm a good grandbaby. That should make you really be like, wait a minute. You ever tried to, for even a millisecond, dissect? Like, and what could you possibly have an attitude about? I ain't never did nothing to you. (laughs) Bro, I ain't take none of your money. I don't like your man. Like, you you know, it's like, I can't even trace back to how you could be valid in how you feel. You'll never be able to. People are afraid of the inner parts of you that you don't even have any control of. You just chose to walk a little different. You just chose to be a little bit different. And people are like, you know what? You're different. It makes me feel some kind of way. I can't help you. Okay? It's been happening since biblical times. It's not going to change now. But even deeper than that, real talk, I want to read Mark 5. This is when it all came home for me. I was like, buddy, can I tell you what? <laughs> um, wow, number one. And also, number two, wow, because I never seen it in this way. So, real quick, let's get it. Um, you want to just go ahead and read from the top? How do you want to do it? Let me see. Uh, let's go ahead and just, okay, so Mark 5, let's start at verse 2. When Jesus climbed out the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. Three, this man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained even with a chain. Four, whenever he was put into chains and shackles as often as he was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Mm. Five, day and night, He wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with the sharp stones. Six, when Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. Seven, with a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. Eight, For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Nine. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, 
because there are many of us inside this man. 10. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to a distant place. 11. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. 12. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. 13. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. And the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down into a steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. 14. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. 15. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. 16. Then those who had seen what had happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. 17. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. 18. <laughs> we can stop there as a matter of fact. Did you just grasp all that? Let, let us go all, all the way back. Let's break this down to an element of being, okay? Um, so you mean to tell me that verse 6, it literally says when Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him. That should make you understand that you can be doing what you were called to do. You could be minding your own business. You can be making your way downtown, doing the thing that Jesus has you doing. I had to. You can be in the middle of literally being laser focused. But that doesn't mean that people don't see you doing that particular thing. That doesn't mean that people can't sense that greatness in you. That doesn't mean that people don't have the tendency to want to go ahead and try to shake that excellence off of you. That doesn't mean that even knowing you're not half of the person that they are, they still want to be in your presence. Because it does not make sense to me why this man saw Jesus so far away and instead of running the other way, the man said, let me go near Jesus. That just shows me like moth to a flame kind of thing, right? That as, as different as light and darkness is, as different as those two aspects actually are, it looks like darkness truly is almost, it's like drawn to the Jesus in a thing, but then also wants to also scream, why are you here? It's, it's confusion, which is exactly what the kingdom of darkness is. He's a liar. He's confusion. He's division. He's all of those things. So why would you then make your way to Jesus, lesion, but then also cry, uh, please don't torture me. <laughs> but you came to him first. The Bible doesn't read that Jesus saw you in the distance and beeline to you. That was the, the other way around. It's amazing to me how a woman can be on her grizzly doing what she needs to do you know get it sis get it and then the wrong dude comes at the right time huh that you like before him bro I was I was doing what I needed to be doing but before that transaction with that said woman before that transaction with that said family member before that said transaction I was doing what I need to do we need to take a page out of Jesus's book 
Because lesion approached him and lesion didn't leave the same. Not lesion approaching him and then it derailed Jesus. Hmm? That was from somebody's good grandbaby. You can go ahead and take that. I ain't even going to charge you for it. That's a good pastor say. Okay, great. But literally reading, when Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. But he didn't walk. It didn't take Buddy some time. Buddy saw what he saw as greatness. He was attracted to the greatness. He knew what to do with the greatness. He knew to bow. He knew all the things to do, all the things to say. Huh, ma'am? He knew all the right things to say to you. Huh, sir? She had all the things in the right place that you like, how you like it. You understand? They, they was offering you the right amount at the job. Mm, that, that neighborhood looked like exactly what it was supposed to look like. But you looking at the silhouette, you're never looking at what's inside the person. This man did all the things on the outside that looked like he may have known a Jesus, but had to verbally say, we're lesion because there's so many different, uh, so many of us in this man. Did you catch that? You, you have the silhouette of something great, but your insides are demonic. Your insides are rotten. Your inside is so opposite from the silhouette that you have that literally can't even put a name to it because there's so many of them in it. Hmm. I hope you felt that one. Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. How did you know to... <laughs> How did you know to say in the name of when you're talking about Jesus? And it's like you almost knew how to pray, Legion. How did you? Hmm. Yeah, still that silhouette. But with a screech and a scream, you said this. Because the following statement says, for Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of that man. Come out of the man, you evil spirit. And so at that point, it was like, okay, bro, what's your name? Okay, and then Jesus does what Jesus does so excellently. He he made it happen. I don't know where you about to go, but you can't stay here, sir. Okay, um, all of you, you good sirs? Okay, uh, or you bad sirs? Okay, uh, I need y'all to go ahead and get up out this man. And so they looked around and was like, "Listen, I see bacon. Can I go ahead and make that happen?" They was like, "Sure, go ahead." And then that's how that happened. But the real question mark was the crowd of people who were there saw what happened saw that Jesus actually healed this man, saw that this man was more in his right mind than he ever has been, ever has been recorded ever in their memory or their history of that town. And the one thing that they tried to go ahead and do is verse 17, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. How is it that Jesus came there to make a difference he made a difference but the difference that jesus made made you say mm -mm. we want you to go away even though it's better what you hear even though we see the results of what you're doing even though it is clear and concise on what's happening even though you came in this company and you did more than anybody has ever did in your seat even though you came into buddy's life and you got him on the right track and nobody has ever supported him the way that you have even though old girl was never able to see her worth until you came into her life even though even though even though those people 
that are even looking on the outside still feel like, yeah, can you go? And I know that has to feel like a chin check. Like, what? (laughs) You're better because I'm here and you want me to go? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's just just how some people are. That's exactly how I felt today. My music bothered you that much? And it's deeper than music. My personality, the way that I approach things. I've, many of people have sat in the seat and has been extremely overwhelmed. I came in and God gave me the anointing that in a short time I was able to make a lot of things happen. And praise God for reading this particular Bible chapter with you. Because if not, I would have took a lot of this personally uh, had I not had this conversation with you today. But now I understand it has nothing to do with me. People can literally witness your greatness and still feel like, can you go away? People can literally have tangible elements to the things that you have added and still feel like, yeah, but I still want you to go away. (laughs) And so you have to, at that point, just really just be like, you know what? I don't want to convince nobody of my worth. I don't want to try to force my excellence down anyone's throat. I don't want to try to give anybody uh, a, a presentation visual on the before and after effects of my whateverness, it's to the point that you have to say to yourself, um, I'm going to just do what Jesus did. Because I'm going to go ahead and tell you, uh, I don't read anywhere in the rest of Mark 5 where Jesus tried to convince them. Mm-mm. I don't read anywhere, actually, where they told the man who had lesion in them to leave. Isn't that like people? That you never go back to the source of the problem. You go back to the source of the change. (laughs) I don't get it. Like, hold on. Let me talk to God. God, real talk? Like, I don't... Like, you're you're clay? Some of them, not all of them. Because some of them, you know, they're some real good grandbabies. But, like, you're clay? Like, honestly, the prenatal pill was not received. (laughs) It was not well received. Like, honestly. I'm not trying to show up in front of company, but, like, seriously. Talk to you later about it? Okay. All right. You, you, you still there? Okay. Um. So don't get discouraged. You understand? Do not uh, at all turn your excellence down. Okay? Uh, you either have one or two things that you can do, and whatever route that you choose to take, you're going to have to really get that instruction from God. But, you know, I had kids, right? Uh, and and I had to go through the different stages of what to feed them. You know, they went from the bottle to the sippy cup to like, okay, we can start some solid foods. We can start some. And when it was time to start vegetables, uh, they don't like it too much. You know, I got video. It was the equivalent as if I put just a nice spoonful of something from the toilet in their mouth. <laughs> like, their face was just like, bruh. If you ever like that's what they were saying with the with the baby expression. And so I didn't stop feeding them peas. I just went ahead and made sure that I mixed it with something else that they were used to. A little bit of applesauce. Right. And then a good parent knows that surely, you know, slowly but surely you start peeling back on how much applesauce you get so that they can truly get the nutrients of the peas. That may be the route that God has you to take. 
He may say, no, you're still needed in this area, but I want you to, I want you to kind of attack that in a different approach. No, I don't want you to turn your music off. I want you to turn it down. No, I don't want you to completely stop talking to them about Jesus or completely stop encouraging them or completely. But I do want you to kind of like, you know, give it to them in the baby spoonage that they can take. So maybe you're going to have to like listen to a song that they like and be like, this reminds me of. And then you slip in whatever God puts on your heart to do at that time. But like real short increments, you know, applesauce with the peas. You feel me? Okay. Or God may have you do the latter which is dust your feet off, you're done, which is what he told the disciples to do when he sent them out two by two. Yeah, he was like, listen, anybody who doesn't accept you, dust your feet off, and then uh, your peace will go, will leave that town and go with you. Like, it's a wrap. Yeah, you're not, you're not forcing nobody to receive the greatness that I sent you out. Like, no, dust your feet off, which it looks like from Mark chapter 5, that's exactly what Jesus did. He was like, oh, okay, say no more. I'll get right back in this boat. Like, y'all not saying nothing. Bro, I walk on water. Like, who you talking to? Like, yeah, so he went ahead and, and he uh, he skedaddled on them. That just may be the route that God takes you. But you have to be clear on what your assignment is to know what path to take. So my challenge to you is whatever you're facing right now, because I know that I know that I know that as I was speaking to you, a situation kind of came up in your mind and you were like mm. <laughs> or if not I'm more than certain that this conversation is going to pop back in your mind you're going to be like bruh she just finished talking to me about that so go ahead and still listen okay I want you to go ahead and ask God for the situation that is currently in play or that may be on its way in the future Please make it clearer than clear on what path you want me to take because I don't want to try to take one path and be out of alignment with you. I don't want to convince them one of my greatness and I don't want to dust my feet off when you told me to go back and do it a different way. I want to be clear. I want to know that I know that I know that this is what you have for me to do. You are an atmosphere changer. You are are an atmosphere changer. Whether Jesus stayed around in this Mark chapter 5 or not, the remnants of Jesus being there are still present because the lesion didn't go away, because there were witnesses that saw lesion be healed. There there were people who were running down the town screaming what happened, letting people know while they were making their way to their particular town. There are remnants of you, so don't you ever feel like you did a thing and it all went to waste you did a thing and it all went in vain no it did not you have x marked a spot you were there you were there the remnants of you your own particular spiritual imprint is there it is there and nobody can't shake that from you but you be clear on what path god wants you to take because if it's time to leave don't take it like a loss because it's not and if it's time to go ahead and do it in small increments, don't get frustrated. God will give you the fuel that you need for the car ride that he's getting ready to send you on. Don't you dare do it in your own strength. And I want you to be laser focused because, again, it's nothing that you're doing. They are, they, meaning the environment that God has you in, the environment that just feels like, ugh, because you're there. They are not attacking you. They are attacking the assignment and the glow that God has implanted in you. 
And that's simply it. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? Breath's not your music. <laughs> it's that anointing in you. It's on you. It's, oh my gosh, we haven't seen, trust me. And it ain't even about tooting your own horn. You know when you're walking in greatness and when you're not. Let's just be 100, right? So at this point, don't even question like how come and I don't get it. Listen, you don't have the time to get into the particulars. Either God's going to tell you to put a veil on so you can have casual conversations with people, but, you know, in the way that they're able to accept it, which is the applesauce, or God's going to tell you, okay, so you're done there, keep it moving. Which, honestly, now that I hit it myself talking, that's what happened with me. You remember the previous job that I told you about that I was having a horrible time with? I didn't feel in my spirit that God was like, yo, stay here and keep forcing the change. And God was like, dust your feet. But then there's other places that God has brought me to in my personal life and other places that he's like, mm-mm. Okay, we tried that. Now do it this way. And I've adjusted it. That's why I came up with the whole conversation with you about his yoke being light or easy and his burden being light. So, again, I feel like you got what you needed. Because who on earth is going to spill their own tea, drink it with you? you know, who else is going to do that? But you know what these conversations are, though, right? They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everybody in the world is going to have with you but me, so you might as well pick up for your favorite homegirl, okay? I still have my headache. I tried not to pay attention to it, but I still do. So I'm going to go ahead and take uh, some water, some something. Maybe I need to eat. I don't know, but I'm not taking another migraine pill. They can have a nice day. But um, I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. And we'll talk later, okay? All right. Later.